Hello and welcome to the podcast where we are educating for virtue. I'm host Jeff Robertson and I'm glad you've joined me to discuss education, what it is, whom it's for, how we do it, and why. Well, I hope everyone had an excellent Christmas break and a good start to the new year here. And with the new year, I kind of wanted to change gears a little bit. Um, Instead of talking about education sort of uh, in the abstract, I wanted to take a particular angle for the next handful or so of episodes uh, that we'll be talking about educating for virtue. So in this podcast, we have been describing the attempt to... uh, and the, and the philosophy and the theory behind educating our young men and our women for virtue, which is to say, uh, trying to cultivate and train and instruct our children in the Lord, and training and instructing them in the Lord, meaning that they become the kinds of people who love God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbors as themselves. These are the the two great commandments on which hang everything else. So, (laughs) if if we could uh, accomplish that, certainly not by our own power, the grace of God is uh, absolutely a requirement, Um, but if if that is the sort of end state that we desire for our project and process of educating and cultivating young men and young women, then uh, that's the goal. The goal is young men and young women who love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, love their neighbor as themselves. This is the virtuous man and the virtuous woman. That is the goal. The goal is not so much um, preparedness for um, college, academic work. It's not even so much for uh, preparing young men and young women for financial success. Those things are all fantastic and they're good uh, in their proper place. Um, But that's sort of what I want to talk about over the next few episodes is their proper place. What is their proper place? What um, What is right order when it comes to our desires, our aspirations, and really how have we gone wrong? How have we gone wrong? So, keeping in line, in the one hand, we want to keep in mind uh, the end goals of uh, virtuous men and women who love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, love their neighbors as themselves. Um, But on the other hand, or sort of in the other hand, we want to hold these at the same time. It is important to, to understand and to recognize what exactly we are, what we have been created for by God. We have, we have our commands to love God and to love neighbor. Um, but back behind all that, God has given us those commands, but he's also made us in particular ways for particular reasons. And those commands, you might say, to love God and to love neighbor are sort of the means to the end for which he has made us. So, I'm going to talk briefly about why God has made us, and then I want to talk about 
uh, a couple of sort of modern um, metrics, you might say, um, by which we can sort of get a ballpark on uh, the kinds of people that we cultivate and that we want to cultivate. So why did God make us? Well, if you'll, if you'll think back uh, in, in Moses to the first couple of chapters in Genesis, when God makes man, um, one of the first things that he tells man to do, the first command, really, that God gives to Adam is to be fruitful, to multiply to rule over the earth, to take dominion, subdue the earth, the birds of the, the air, the fish of the sea, and every, every creature on the face of the earth. So what God made us for, what he made us into is, is his image bearers, first and foremost. He made us after his image for the purpose of filling the earth and subduing it. So he made us in his image Uh, as his sort of priests on earth who reflect him to creation and who reflect creation back to him. We we are something like mediators. Um, And we have to guard and protect uh, the creation that he's given us, again, which is a priestly kind of office. And so God made us for the purpose of filling filling his creation and subduing his creation as his image bearers. So how, what's, what's the end goal then? If it's to fill and subdue, what does it look like? What does that end goal look like? Well, it, it looks like a bunch of little image bearers. Um, it looks like the face of the earth covered in little lords, um, rulers, those who have subdued, and priests who protect and provide for the creation that he has given into our hands. So we're filling the earth and we're subduing it. And that's the role of priests, like I've mentioned, and also lords, right? Lords rule, lords uh, subdue, lords leaders, uh, whichever word you feel most comfortable with. I know some, <laughs> some of these words are, uh, are very uncomfortable to our modern um, egalitarian sensibilities, right? Everyone's supposed to be equal. There's no such thing as a, a, uh, a lord or someone who is better than. We're, we're all equal. Everything play nice. Um, we'll give everybody a participation ribbon and, and so on. But what God has made us for is to rule, is to have dominion and to fill the earth with these rulers uh, who image him, who reflect him. Uh, And of course, as a, as a body of rulers and dominion takers, we all have different gifts uh, that he has gifted us with. We have different uh, things that he has endowed in each of us and which we need to cultivate. But in general, he's made us to rule and he's made us to fill. And that's That's what men and women are for. That's what he made us for. He made us in his image so that we can uh, fill the earth and subdue it. So, in a nutshell, you might say that the purpose that God designed us for 
that he tasked us with, but also which he uh, designed us for, is lordship and is dominion. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean uh, dominion by violence or by coercion or by any other um, uh, sort of somewhat triggering way of, of putting this. Um, like I said, it, it's going to differ depending on the kind of person. But whatever your gifts and talents are, um, God has commanded us to fill the earth and to subdue it. This takes on a particular character in the New Testament with um, Jesus' great commission that we are to go forth into the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them um, the faith, really. So that's that's sort of the, the Christian fulfillment of this first task of filling and taking dominion. And hopefully you can see how those two relate. We're, we're supposed to fill the earth uh, in Genesis, and then in the Great Commission, we're supposed to go out and baptize and disciple the nations, further filling the earth. Um, and we're supposed to subdue them. We're supposed to take dominion over the earth uh, and over the unbelieving pagans, which which now exist, which didn't exist in the Genesis story uh, yet. But now, in the context of the Great Commission, this looks like baptizing and discipling them and teaching them to obey all that God has commanded. And by so doing, by fulfilling the Great Commission, we will fulfill uh, this first commandment to fill and subdue the earth with little image bearers. Um, rightly ordered image bearers, image bearers who love Christ and who love his word and who love his father uh, and who seek to glorify him. So it's no surprise, really, the value then that we as people in all our various and diverse uh, sort of societies that we uh, erect and establish, that we really value leadership, even, even in our modern 21st century Western societies where we, we like to pretend that egalitarianism and, and everyone being equal and no one being above one another um, is sort of the height of virtue, we still understand, we, we intuitively, instinctively understand the importance of leadership and rule. We can't, we can't go out and do things without leadership, without someone taking both responsibility and authority hand in hand to go out and make things happen, to do the work that God has given us to do, and further to worship Him, right? We need, we need leadership in worship, which is why God uh, established priests and elders and, and so on. Um, so work and worship, <clears throat> we need leadership. And so it's no surprise, again, that in our educational institutions, we, gosh, nearly every everything that I can think of, there is an expressed, explicit desire or aspiration of educational institution XYZ to cultivate leaders. 
We want our we want our students to be leaders. We want them to be good communicators. We want them to be critical thinkers, right? And even if you've got an in, educational institution, which uh, looks sort of like the uh, the experiment house from Lewis's uh, Narnia, I think it's the silver chair where Eustace Scrub and Jill Pole attend the experiment house where. Uh, they do all sorts of strange educational things. But even there, I'm sure if you ask the leaders of Experiment House, they would say, oh, yes, we want to cultivate good leaders um, because we, we understand the importance of it. So what then is a good leader? What is a good ruler? What is someone who takes dominion, who, has, who takes authority and responsibility together. How do you take responsibility for the things that God has granted you responsibility and authority over? And so here's where I want to bring up um, something something like a, a metric, a tool, and again, I'm, I'm borrowing this from sort of some pop psychology, um, not least. I, I, think, I think I heard about this first from uh, Jordan Peterson, in one of his lectures on uh, psychology and the sort of mythos behind um, the human self and so on. But something that that he has described uh, as a a kind of, again, I think I've mentioned personality tests before. This is something something akin to that. It's not quite the same thing. Um, But anyway, the way that he describes it is the, it's called the big five personality tests. And it uh, it it makes a sort of acronym, which is OCEAN, O C E A N. Um, and so these are the big five personality traits, which, uh, at least at the time of, of my hearing of that lecture, um, Doctor Jordan Peterson said that this is the the most researched. We have the most data on this kind of a, a sort of personality um, metric tied to actual data, actual results in the real world, right? So this is not like um, the Enneagram, which lays out a certain framework, a certain schematic for the way that people uh, think about themselves in the world, um, which merely gets a lot of sort of sympathy from people. People hear the, the Enneagram and they say, oh, that sounds like me, right? Uh, or other other personality tests, the results of which you might say, oh, that sounds just like me, or oh, this is just like my dad. Um, it's not, the, the big five personality test is not so much, um, oh, I feel this, this, this uh, resonates with me. The big five is apparently um, the sort of personality metric that's tied the most to data and to results in the real world, which is why that's, that's the one that I, I tend to lean on. Um, even though the others of course are fun and, and, um, and so on. Um, so in the next episode, uh, I, I thought I would get through it today, but, uh, it didn't happen. But in the next episode, um, I want to go into some detail and describe, uh, what this, sort of big five personality traits are in this um, OCEAN acronym, O-C-E-A-N, 
And uh, we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about what, um, if you were to think about a kind of person or personality profile of a leader, I want you to sort of use your imagination here and think of what kind of person would that leader look like? What kind of person we want to, we want to be cultivating the right kind of people. And if people are made in God's image to be lords of the earth, as I think they are, and I've offered brief argument here, then we need, we need something like a picture of what a good leader is. Of course, we have the image and person of Jesus, um, but we're going to use a couple of other little tools like, like the big five and, and maybe some others to, to describe and sort of paint the picture of what, what does a good leader look like? So that then we'll have, we'll have our bearings a little bit on um, how we can attempt to cultivate them. After the image of Christ, leaders who love God, who love his world, who love him heart, soul, mind, and strength, love their neighbors as themselves. Um, so that, um, I was going to say that and more, probably not more, but at least that, um, hopefully as much as that, we will cover in the next episode. Well, that's it for this episode of the Educating for Virtue podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll do so next time. And until then, I pray that God would bless your obedience to his commands to be fruitful, to go and make disciples, and to train and instruct your children in the Lord. Thank you.